as of this afternoon, uh, Alpha Tauri released their jam in New York. Oh, both. I hadn't even considered. Oh, I didn't realize that. That was this afternoon. Oh, yeah, pull up the video right now, John. Just pull it up and watch it. It's a. It's like it's worth watching uh, because I I want to like talk about the video versus the car versus yeah. Um, I don't know. I would like to get your your thoughts and reaction to the video, even as you're watching it. Uh, would be would be good. This is going to be the live from New York Fashion Week. Yes. Yeah. All right. Well, I'm queuing this up right now. Mm-hmm. I think I can so, hear yeah, just to get your this video. Do I need the audio on it? Yeah. yeah. I can't hear shit on the video. Why isn't this thing kicking audio to me? That's weird. Hmm. Um. Whatever. The the audio design. I can, is... I can see it currently. Yeah. The audio design is kind of important but i think the visual component of it is like the most important so we've got like they're making a car and they're also making sweaters is that the uh mm-hmm. yep that's what you're saying that the that's the that's the deal it's an interesting mm-hmm. interesting take on it okay putting the car shrink wrapped into an airplane uh-huh yep oh the sweater is being delivered it is. It's an important component. Up via Turkish cargo, presumably some sort of sponsor. Up, oh, Yuki's in Midtown. Uh huh. Okay. Nick Nick DeVries, Central Park. Mm-hmm. Helicopter with chains. All right. Cool. I like this. I like when when helicopters carry uh, toys around. Yeah, that's always it's a, fun. It's important. I'm a fan. Okay. Oh, don't, don't, do not 9-11 that thing into the Statue of Liberty. (laughs) Do not do that. That is not a way to reveal your vehicle in an impacting way. I mean, tremendous impact, but maybe not the right kind. Exactly. And what, Time Warner Center? They're at the Time Warner Center. We've Mm -hmm. got Alphatari ski masks and everything looking like, all right, I mean, you know what? Hey, compared to the compared to the the Red Bull event, which yes. was the most unwatchable thing ever, I will gladly consume a two minute long like postmodern cologne commercial. Uh, you know, to reveal a Formula One car. Sure. Yes, that's exact. Yeah, this was. Definitely- I don't think I even remember seeing the car in there. Like you know, nope. uh, you see but- like a, a brief glimpse of it yeah. uh, with them standing. Uh, next to the car for maybe two seconds. Anything remotely notable about that, that brief glimpse of the car? Just, uh, no, um, there was nothing, nothing notable. Uh, I'm not even sure if that was a show car or if that is going to be, uh, an actual real car. So, because we're so close to the release that like no one's really analyzed it yet. Uh, but I feel like there's a lot more pomp and circumstance involved with like the, the actual production of the release itself. Uh, and I, after not watching the Red Bull release, watching this, I was like, okay, this is probably going to be a little bit more slick, a little bit more to the point. I think Alpha Tauri was 10th on the grid last year. So yeah. I think that was yeah. Oh, I, we're I already always, do, we're I, already doing the podcast. By the way, we're already yes, like we're, yeah, we're yeah, yeah. deep into it. Um, this is, uh... so... Dude, 
Yeah, yeah, this is the F1 Files. Welcome to the, welcome to the latest F1 Files. It's a podcast about Formula One from an American perspective, hosted by two lifelong best friends. Yep, yep. Uh, I'm Corey P. Willis. Okay. I do acting and improv and all that stuff. Yeah. You, John yeah, Lepore, um, creative consultant, design of the future. Blah, 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 yeah, 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 blah, 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 all that stuff. All right. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so, so uh, I always forget that AlphaTauri is not like Red Bull's brand of like sparkling water or or something and is is i guess a serious fashion line is it a, is yeah. it a serious fashion line does anybody buy alfatari clothes do you go to like i i'm I, mean, I can only imagine that there's just like one store at a mall in dubai that sells alfatari clothes yeah. and that's and the uh, other that's one basically it you know is in milan like that's those are the only two stores that actually exist where you can go in and just buy all Alpha Towery stuff. Uh, yeah, I, I don't know. I, I I think they just kind of exist as a fashion brand and lifestyle brand, but that's more of Red Bull. I don't honestly. I'm not sure. It's still kind of fascinating. I mean, it's like almost compelling. Like if it was a yeah. different brand, and I think back to like the days of like when we had like Benetton, you know, sponsoring yeah. a car and whatnot. Like it's kind of kind of interesting seeing like you know. Yuki, uh, who I think, you know, fits in there well. And, you know, Nick DeVries looks like he's not out of place in like a yeah. J. Crew catalog or or whatnot. Yeah, um, not not at all. Like just that like ambiguously ethnic looking person. And you're like, oh, yeah. no, he's Dutch. And you're like, oh, OK, oh, OK, <laughs> OK, mm-hmm. OK. That explains so much of why he looks interesting. Uh, yeah, there. I mean, so, yeah, we had a couple of car releases. Um but I think the most important thing that happened this week was the uh, Mohammed bin Salim departure from the FIA's like day-to-day activities, day-to-day policy making with F1. What, what did you? What was your take on that? Uh, so it it came out, and I'm actually uh, I'm a little uncertain as what the final status is. If he has just removed himself, or if there was more levels to it beyond him just saying like i'm gonna kind of step back a little bit but any any way it is no matter you know what it is and, and i want you to help me get clarity on that in a in a moment but whatever it is it's all it's all good news to me yeah. i think it all makes sense and i think it's uh i i think this is the right thing to do it seems like this probably isn't a thing that's like a major catastrophic event happening across the sporting journalistic landscape like it's to to us geeks it's a really big deal but i consider this like a a medium volume shuffling of the guard which was a very wise move because i think the closer we got to the season we were going to have a major episode or you know a full-on mutiny of basically him getting thrown off the boat by everyone else involved in the sport particularly around this this notion of free speech and the drivers having the ability to make political statements you know using the sport as a as their platform to do so which uh as as we had mentioned several episodes back he had rolled out a new regulation saying that like you know drivers will not be permitted to you know make political statements you know, trying to use our our sport, trying to use our platform mm-hmm. to amplify their their messages, and that just seemed shady as hell. Yeah, and uh, yeah, and just misaligned with, 
you know, everything in modern day society. Yeah, including modern F1. Like that's like, a, it's a very, it it claims to be a much more transparent sport and to have someone come out and just be like, we are going to put a damper on political speech was just like, I like, what? I'm sorry. That's one. That's not what the world is. That's not how the world is trending, but also very specifically, it's not how our business is trending. And in like the interest of our publicity and our good standing within the world, considering how much they take away from and pollute the world and just, you know, Mm -hmm. uh, engage in a lot of the things that are, leading to like literal global destruction eventually uh but it's you know they they don't want to also have some bizarrely autocratic tyrant running things who's going to then put a leash on every single driver like it just doesn't it doesn't look good for the the business uh and i think that the business took this opportunity to just be like you know what yeah we're going to have you take a step back uh, so ultimately, the the result of him taking a step back is that Nicholas Tombasi, uh, Tom Bossy, I think I, I'm not sure if I'm pronouncing his name right, but he's the one who's going to be stepping into the role of interfacing between the FIA and mm. Formula One. Uh, so this was the idea, uh, the post Abu Dhabi mess. The idea was to have. A little more consistency within the FIA, have someone who's a little bit more representative of the drivers uh, be a part of the FIA. And I think that Nicholas Tombassi was one of those people uh, who is kind of like, uh, has always had a good relationship with the teams in F1 uh, through various mm-hmm. technical roles that he's been a part of. Uh, and I think F1 was like, hey, this guy messed up our money. Uh, and the FIA was like, hey, buddy, you overstepped your boundary. Your job has already been done. You took way too long on clearing up the Abu Dhabi m- mess. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, you completely screwed up the uh, announcing of the, <laughs> the the world championship in 2022. Right. Uh, and yep. You also are now starting to get weirdly autocratic with the way that you're trying to govern the actual speech of the drivers uh it's just and you embarrassed yourself at the prize giving uh gala like you did all these things that you're basically giving us the perfect rainbow rainbow bicycle uh, yeah women have have not good brains yeah Um, which makes me like them less like just all the things where it's like my god you have set yourself up to be shown the door and the FIA, in a very typical bureaucratic response, has been like, this was always the plan. He was always to step back before the right. 2023 season. Uh, yeah, yeah, This sure, has nothing sure. to do with anything that what he's done before hey, he actually F- did a good FIA, job. I've got an idea for a new regulation. You should do a little uh, due diligence next time around when we're yeah. putting someone in this position. Uh, it's pretty, yeah. pretty rough. Yeah, so I think he's he's gone, and I uh, he'll still be a part of the FIA very quietly. He'll start to get more involved with uh, the World Rally Championship uh, and some of these other feeder series that are involved with the FIA and uh, Formula One, Formula Ford, uh, Formula Renault. I think there are some like feeder series in uh, in Asia. 
Uh, maybe there are some feeder series in South America, but like he'll he'll still be involved with that uh, in Australia and stuff like that. Like he'll still do things that will matter to the FIA and the governance of motorsport mm-hmm. in general. But uh, his his duties with F uh, with F one have been concluded, and I think that they're just like, hey, get out of here before you embarrass yourself too much. You've already done a stellar job of embarrassing yourself in record time. Maybe like get out of here before you make it worse. I don't know. That's that's my feelings on why he's gone and as he should be. Um so the the Alpha Romeo was the other launch that happened this past week. Uh not just the the launch but the shakedown that happened. I think it was at Barcelona. Yeah, yeah, they uh it was like a day or two after the car was revealed, they mm-hmm. had it out on track, shaking it down. So we got a chance to like almost immediately see, okay, what's the difference between the sort of, you know, show car display car that's, that's more visibly revealed. And then yeah. what do we see motion blurring its way around a track? Yeah. Uh, Corey, first impressions on the Alfa Romeo. I think it looked great. I think the uh, the renders had the had those like serrated floors, and that is not what the shakedown car looked like, from what I could see. Uh, yeah, there... really, wi- really wild looking. Like literally, like everyone was calling them like the tire shredder floors. Yeah, yeah. absolutely on some like Mad Max style mm-hmm. uh, play. But that's not what showed up at shakedowns, and they did have some cutouts on the floor, uh, and I guess that they did do the redesign of the push rod pull rod uh, suspension that was that was correct. So they they all kind of followed suit with that, uh, but otherwise uh, looked a little bit more like the Ferrari, I think, uh, than mm-hmm. than it even. I uh, mean, I. I yeah. I thought that was the most striking thing about it, right? Like the, yeah. the Alfa Romeo has been predominantly this like white with some red on it sort mm-hmm. of livery design. And we saw a very striking red and black design that I yeah. think would easily pass by with a Ferrari badge on mm-hmm. it. Mm-hmm. And, and makes me almost suspect or wonder, does that mean that Ferrari is doing something maybe a little more unconventional with their 2023 car? Yeah, well, it does look like they're, uh, the the rear end of the, the bodywork is opened up very wide for potential cooling purposes. And I think that that was a big problem with the Ferrari engines last year was they had to dial them down because... The, I think they don't. They weren't running a split turbo last year, uh, mm-hmm. and they there was just a problem with the heat exchange, and they had to detune their engines because they were overheating and literally exploding. And it seems as though that was resolved, and that would explain why they're claiming that they that the Ferrari engines themselves, which Alfa Romeo gets to use for another year uh, uh, or two, I guess. When yeah, in twenty six is when Audi comes in. So in like two years, um, mm. is when they'll start like designing new. When when they'll completely abandon the Ferrari, uh, uh, ness, uh, necessity, I guess, for cooling, because uh, they'll move into a different right. bodywork configuration for the the Sauber Audi combo. But I I think that that's what's happening. Uh, as far as the livery goes, 
It's also very similar to the Haas livery, which is also running a Ferrari yeah. motor and also running what looks like similar Ferrari side pods. Uh, they've got like those like nice, beautiful bathtubs uh, on top of the, the side pods this year. Um, they're a little slimmer and have a little bit of a side cut and have like a they borrowed. Do you, do you, yeah. Do you think there's some sort of deal where like Ferrari is just like, hey, we'll give you we'll give you 15 percent off the price of your engine mm-hmm. if uh, if you start helping us make it look like half the cars in this sport are Ferraris. Yeah. Like very visibly, like, let's, you know, let's really push that out there. Uh, yeah. Uh, it, it wouldn't it wouldn't shock me if Ferrari was running some non I guess like uh, not proper channels like they have different ways of communicating yeah. with the people. I mean, even the, the Haas folks are designing their cars in Marinello now. Like that's like a fully uh, it's a that's happening. Uh, they are designing the American Haas, Haas F1 team is like fully being designed and yeah. <laughs> is telling gunther about bombs and whatnot you know yeah yeah, yeah. they're 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 a lot tighter and i'm sure that alpha will have that relationship for the next year uh and then that will start to dissipate but uh i really liked the way that the haas looked because the haas also did shakedowns uh the aston martin actually was out at Silverstone uh, and there are mm. some pretty blurry shots I think of Alonzo out there ripping around the track uh, mm. so that's that's interesting uh, there were also shakedowns of the RB19 so the actual Red Bull was on track mm. uh, so there are some there's some grainy footage of it. Uh, some some dude. Oh yes, I saw. <laughs> yes, yeah. I saw a clip of that yesterday, and it was like in. It was very intentionally like you know, camera through a fence with a mm-hmm. predominant Red Bull logo like on the fence, yeah. and uh, you just saw the car like just streak through the frame, basically. Wee, yeah. and that was it. Um, but it does. You can see from some of like the clearest stills from that that the undercut under those side pods is much more pronounced so they are uh they're they're doing some interesting arrow work on the outside of that car as well as whatever work they did on the floors and the venturi tunnels so that's uh that's gonna be a tough car to beat oh other red bull news uh that whole like engine uh the oems that had to sign up to this agreement and who all had a meeting and there was this big thing about ferrari not attending the meeting because red bull was trying to get uh declared a new powertrain um that's sort of been resolved sort of uh but it seems like red bull is going to be getting basically like 90 percent of what uh what like a new manufacturer would get as far as extra spending mm-hmm. money so oh jeez yeah so over the course of the next like 4 years they're going to see uh, i think like an increase of like almost like 30 million uh across what they're allowed to spend in the development of their new powertrains so yeah not a it seems like that's just how it's going to work um their Red Bull is using every way they can to offset whatever 
they've gotten themselves into with the cost cap violation and uh and they're it's working it is working <sighs> so that's that's a thing uh anything else did you notice anything else from those shakedowns uh johnny no, I didn't, you know, I'm I'm also like skeptical of even the shakedowns to some yeah. extent. Like I want to, you know, even even testing when mm-hmm. testing properly kicks into gear. Um I'm I'm a little bit skeptical that there's still some some holding back that's going on and whatnot. Uh so I haven't been scrutinizing it too much. Yeah. But I am I am curious to hear what's going to happen, especially we've got still a few very important cars yet mm-hmm. to be revealed. Maybe some yeah. of the most important cars uh, on the on the grid, and that's all. Is that all happening this upcoming week? Uh, I think so. I think the, every the Ferrari is appropriately on Valentine's I'm, Day, and appropriately or inappropriately on valentine's day or maybe ironically on valentine's day who knows Mm -hmm. who knows what their reasoning is but it's happening that's happening uh mercedes still has to release their car and then also uh alpine has to release their car uh i think that cover and mclaren mclaren uh so oh i had heard I couldn't find any news of it, like actual written articles, but there I saw some tweets that people were saying that McLaren is a little bit concerned about this year's car, that they're maybe not having as much success uh, as they were hoping during the off season, or maybe they ran into some design oh. stuff. Yeah. Oh boy. So that's not good. Yeah. Um, but that also did kind of stir up some rumors because the Ford Red Bull partnership is going through and Honda has still signed on as one of the uh, uh, one of the manufacturers for the 2026 regulations. There are rumors that there may be a reunification of McLaren and Honda, which I think is great. I think that's great. Uh, the the love hate relationship with Fernando Alonso will always be what I like. Anytime I hear about oh, McLaren boy. and Honda, uh, I'm like, oh, GP2 engine. That's all I can think of. Yep. That's and it. That's the problem, right? That's the problem with Fernando Alonso is he says things like that, and then they just become part of history. Uh, they become part of the brands that yeah. he's associated with. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Bless, bless Aston Martin's heart for, for walking into that. Uh, mm-hmm. And uh, again, I think that's, I think that's many fans, like one of their most eagerly anticipated components of the 2023 season is just seeing what kind of fireworks go yeah. off between Alonzo and Aston Martin. And of course his own teammate. Yes. Yes. Uh, who he has, I think yesterday there was a quote where he was like, oh, I think that with the proper equipment, Lance Stroll could be a champion. And I, I don't know. I don't know if I, I don't know if I have enough information to evaluate that statement. Um, what, what are I your think, thoughts I on think Lan- I think Lando's a talent, but it is it is hard to tell when you haven't seen them in top flight machinery, right? Yeah. And yeah. I think I think we're gonna get a much clearer sense of where Lando sits in the pecking order 
Oh no, I'm talking about Lance. He's saying that Lance. Oh, oh, I'm sorry, Lance. Yeah, oh, Jesus. Alonzo's saying that Lance has the potential to be oh, a Alonzo's champion. just like Alonzo is just like he's just playing mind games with the poor kid. He's like okay. literally he's just he's just coming out to be like I think, you know, see this guy here? He's one of the best and then he's just going to knock him out with his left hand cold and be like, "See? I just mm-hmm. took out the best with my left hand." Yeah. Look at that. Yeah, that's you true. Know, that's yeah. uh that's very true. And it is one of those, like, he beat him in the same equipment. Uh, but you were saying Lando. I think Lando is also uh, someone who is a tricky person to judge because he hasn't had the best equipment. Yeah, I mean, I think he's the most anxious driver coming into the 2023 season because he's yeah. got has to be a rookie, a rookie teammate who... Could either be just, you know, uh, a, another rookie teammate or could be like the next Formula One wonder kind. Yeah, like truly it's that whole like, oh, Lando was like kind of the the tip of the spear with the new generation of F1 drivers. Uh, and uh, And then it's like, oh, by the way, you're going to get a teammate who is rumored to be a once in a generation talent. <laughs> it's like, oh, well... Ah, uh, and not even rumored, like kind of proven to be a once in a generation talent. Like he's yep. shattered all expectations at every level that he's driven at. Yeah, he so, like basically is coming into Formula One being like, yeah, I, I haven't lost before. Yeah, I don't know what it's like to lose, I, uh, let alone yeah. lose to a, a teammate. Like it just doesn't happen. Um, yeah, so I'm I'm interested to see how that pans out. Uh I do think that Lando will have some success this year if he does get good equipment, though. He's proven mm-hmm. himself. He's definitely proven himself. Yep. Uh, yeah. What else? Uh, anything else from this week that has popped up on your F1 radar, Johnny? Oh, I'm shuffling through my my F1 files, <laughs> and I don't see I don't see anything else that was on my radar. Uh, you know, I think. It is continuing to feel, uh, you know, last last thing for me, just like let's let's touch base to one of our favorite recent stories, which is mm-hmm. what's going on with Andretti and their mission. We haven't heard from them, mm-hmm. but there is this sort of unspoken impact of uh, the one good thing that Mohammed bin Salim had going for him was he seemed to be advocating very strongly for Andretti Racing or Andretti Cadillac joining Formula One. And with him out of the picture, like to me, that's also, you know, he was one of the people trying to keep that door open. Yeah. And I think that that's all but closed. Yeah, I mean, obviously, yeah, that's that's all that's all gone. Um, Oh, another thing. uh, Tomorrow at some point, Sky are running a broadcast uh, where they're doing like some sort of like no holds bar interview with uh, what's his name? Our, our president of formula one um, Stefano with Stefano Domenicali. No kidding. And the, the topics of discussion are supposed to be, you know, presumably touching on that, but they've also it, it has also been stated that he is going to give the real story behind Andretti's entry into Great. Formula One. Great. Great. So, 
he is the one who needs to he would be the one who inks that deal it would not be the fia it would be the person who runs formula one itself so yeah Oh, that's great. Do you know what, like, I mean, it doesn't matter what time it is. I'm going to end up watching it and then dissecting the hell out of it because he's a fascinating person to listen to whenever he speaks. Yeah, yeah. He's great. You know, unlike unlike some other guys that won't be around Mm -hmm. uh, anymore, he's uh, very well spoken and I think just like a top flight communicator in terms of, you know, being clear and resonant with the points that he's trying to make. So yeah. Uh, yeah. Very curious to see what comes out of that. Uh, God, but again, it doesn't, it doesn't exactly sound like it's good for Andretti's prospects. So no, uh, still curious to see what happens there. I'm still That's holding out hope such that an there's ominous some tone. sort of, yes. Oh, yeah. God. I'm, yeah. I'm still optimistic that there's going to be some sort of way in, but I also, yeah. I also suspect that, you know, much like this Ford deal, which seemed to come out of thin air, but would be something that probably has been in the works openly within the Formula One organization for three to six months, if not more. Yeah. Um, I, I have to imagine that there's other factors that are out there that we just don't know about and we don't know what we don't know. And, yeah. and that a lot of that has implications for this this Andretti story because I'm just still kind of I'm just bummed out that this isn't like an easy win for yeah. them getting into the sport with everything that they're bringing to the table right now. But if they keep tripping over themselves and have like burned bridges in a weird like boys club, then like yeah. it's going to be hard to overcome those th- those boundaries. It's going to be hard to get past that. Uh, no matter how much money you throw at it, they'll. The, this is such a pride-filled sport that these people will humiliate you just to make a point, even if it does cost them yeah. money, because money is of no object to them. So, yeah, ah. I, I I hope that the I hope that there's some sort of resolution, uh, and that it ends with like maybe a different-looking partnership between Andretti Motorsports. And an Alpha Towery or something like that, or an Andretti yeah. Motorsport partnership with Haas or whatever. I, I don't, I don't know. Um, I don't know. God, or even Williams. Quite frankly, since Williams is having so much trouble securing sponsorship money, maybe have them yeah. dump a whole bunch of money into Doralton because Doralton's a U.S. company. Andretti Motorsports a U.S. company. Like there could be something there. I don't know. Yeah. Well. I still think that our stock, as far as stock in F1, especially with another New York release of a car, like the stock is up this week for sure. Uh, Stock is up with a New York release uh, and also with prospects of nothing more American than more freedom being brought into the sport. Yes. that's that I think is a is a good sign and you know keeps you know to me I guess minimizes some of the gross quasi national pandering that happens yeah. within the within the sport so yeah uh, I, think, I think stock is up in the yeah. United States this oh week. and there were uh pictures of Yuki and uh Nick DeFries at the Barclays at like center court at a Nets game too. Oh yeah, yeah. So I, I saw f- that. Yeah. I feel like anytime you've got a celebrity sighting at a Nets game, like that's yeah. a 
everyone's seeing that and people are going to be like, oh, even if they don't know who those drivers yep. are, they're going to be like, who are these people? They're clearly important. Oh, they're two F1 drivers. Oh, yeah, I've heard of F1. Uh, yep. This that happened this week. Uh, someone referenced it in one of my improv classes. Uh, they were like, oh, you got an F1 podcast. And I was like, oh, yeah, yeah. And one of the other students was like, what? You're into F1? Oh, like nobody's into this. And I was like, hey, we're growing. We are absolutely growing. So it's uh, it's also cross-pollinating into my world of improv, which is bananas, that there's there are people other than myself in the world of improv comedy who are like, Oh, I'm really into Formula One now. <laughs> it seems, yeah, uh, I mean, so it weird. seems bizarre to talk about this, but like, yeah, this is where we're coming from is a space where like for years and years, for decades, yeah. there's been nobody in like my everyday lifestyle that I would come across that was even remotely familiar with this stuff. Yeah. Um, so always exciting for, for me, for sure. Yeah. Well, uh, that uh, feels like a pretty reasonable place to wrap things up. Uh, we've got a couple of big things coming up this week with releases, so we'll have a lot to talk about uh, next mm-hmm. episode. Uh, meanwhile, where can the folks find you out there in the world and online? Uh, you can find me via johnnymotion.com, which is my hub for all the things that I do and get up to. And you can find other ways to connect with me on there, as well as if you happen to be in the Detroit Ann Arbor, Michigan region, uh, uh, Monday morning, I'm going to be giving a presentation at uh, University of Michigan, putting on a little lecture about designing the future for superheroes hypercars and future tech oh that's so, great uh, yeah so anyone in 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 that neck of the woods feel free to uh pop on by you can find it on the uh, university of michigan school of information website they've got a little blurb about uh which which lecture hall they'll be air dropping me into not unlike that alphatari race yeah. car yeah oh great i love it um <laughs> You you can find me on Twitter at Burn Corey Burn uh, on TikTok as the same, and you can also track me down through the F One Files Twitter and Instagram and yeah, TikTok and all that stuff. I am doing a show uh, as this. You, it'll be in the past, uh, or it'll be happening. As this episode drops, so I'll be doing a show at uh, the UCB Theater uh, on Sunday at 10 p.m. So uh, if you're in the audience, turn off this podcast and watch the show. Uh, But otherwise, Mm -hmm. there may be some photos and stuff um, if you follow the UCB TLA Instagram. You'll see some photos, maybe some clips and stuff. But that just about does it for us uh why don't we have them catch up with us and we'll catch up with them the next time on the f1 files hell yeah all right peace